reminders as we get started. We do have an offering basket in the back and we do have an online giving option at the top right hand corner of our church webpage. We appreciate your gifts to our church to support the ministries that we are involved in both here locally and around the world as part of a larger denomination. We did send out letters recently explaining the current financial situation of the church and those went through email. We do have hard copies. If you have any questions about that, please let me know, but we're doing our best to work to live as good stewards of your tithes and your offerings. But of course, as we all know in our personal lives too, expenses are up and income doesn't always match that. But we're, we're striving to make those decisions, make those moves that will help us to be fruitful as a congregation as we also live within our means. So please feel free to find myself or Julie or a member of our finance team after the service if you have any questions. We are in need of volunteers as we enter into this fall season in the life of the church. If you're interested in serving as a greeter, a liturgist, doing children's moments, or offering refreshments after the service, please let me know, or you can email or call the church office. We do have a sign-up available. We'll have a physical sign-up next week, but for now, please contact the church office if you are able to help in any of those ways. Also, Pastor Ruth did want me to share that her advanced care planning workshop is just around the corner. The first one is September 23rd. If you are interested in learning more about what will take place at this workshop, she will be downstairs after the service, happy to answer any questions and to sign you up to participate in that. This is important information, not always the most fun, but important information for us to make as we decide what it means and what decisions we will make as we age and continue to live into God's will for our lives. So please, uh, feel free to contact Pastor Ruth and to get signed up for one of those workshops. Harvest and Herb Festival is next weekend, this coming weekend, September 16th. We will have a float in the parade. The parade begins at 10 o'clock with lineup at nine o'clock. We need riders on that float. We also need donations of candy and bottled water. We have had some come in this week, so I wanna thank you for that but we need a whole lot more. We fly through that candy as we pass it out on Main Street there. So if you are able to donate or ride the float, please let us know. You can drop those off in the church office this coming week. Also, another announcement. We've got a full calendar here. September 24th, we will be having another trivia night, a fun evening, a dinner, and a little competition, some general knowledge trivia. And Mr. Dave Lusk will be asking the questions this time, so the rest of us stand a chance to win. So please mark that on your calendar, September 24th. It's a Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. Finally, I just wanted to let you know, you might have noticed the small yard sign out by our bigger sign. I've had some questions. What does it mean to be a North Star congregation? Recently, our Ad Council voted unanimously to become a North Star congregation. There are churches in the West Ohio Conference that are prepared to welcome anyone whose church has closed or disaffiliated. We're committed to remaining United Methodist and continuing our call to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Our church, through this commitment, has pledged to be a place where all persons can find care, peace, and hope. 
will open our doors and hearts to those who have found themselves disconnected from their church due to disaffiliation. Of course, if you have any other questions about that, I'm happy to answer those after the service. But generally, it's, it's a promise, a commitment that we are making to be United Methodist, to be open, and to be caring for all people, and to know that this is a place you can call home. Now, friends, as we move into this time of worship, I invite us to come with open hearts, to come ready and willing to hear God's voice speak in this time together, and to know that the Spirit of God is at work in this time, in this place, and in our very lives. Will you join me in an attitude of worship?
Thank you, Kim. Please stand as you're able and join me responsibly. The call to worship. You can follow along the bulletin or on the screen. As we come before you this morning, O God, give us open hearts and open hands. Make us eager to hear your voice and seek your guidance. Open our minds to your ever-present spirit that is always moving within and around us. Open our spirits to your nudging and open our lives to your love. Continue standing while I sing our opening hymn, Come and Find the Quiet Center in Your Faith and Song Handbook, uh, page 2128, or on the screen. seated. First scripture reading from the Kamashinga Bibles from the book of Luke chapter 9 verses 18 to 24. You can follow along in your Bible on page 790 or on the screen. This section is about following Christ. Once when Jesus was praying by himself, the disciples joined him and asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? Well, they answered, well, John the Baptist and others, Elijah, and still others, the one ancient prophet has come back to life. We asked them, and what about you? 
what do you say that I am? Well, Peter answered, well, the Christ sent from God. Well, Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell this to anyone. He said, the human one must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the legal experts, and be killed and raised on the third day. Well, Jesus said to everyone, well, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Well, all who want to save their lives will lose them, but all who lose their lives because of me will save them. This is the word for the Lord of people of God. Thanks be to God. Now let's sing our hymn of grace, Breathe on me, O breath of God, verses one and three. The hymnal page 420 are on the screen. to take a moment and say, isn't it great to have the choir back? Absolutely. Thank you for being here today, and we look forward to many more Sundays. Also, we have two birthdays, one that happened yesterday and one coming this week. Miss Anna and Mr. Scott, the weirdest thing, they're both turning 29 again. So I thought maybe I won't put Kim on the spot, but maybe we could sing happy birthday to them. Can we do that? All right, Scott, can you start us singing your own happy birthday song? <laughs> happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Anna and Scott, happy birthday to Thank you both for all the work you do for us serving our church and being such a wonderful part of this body, so thank you. At this time, I would like to invite our children forward as Miss Martha shares our children's moments this morning. Good morning, how are y'all? I am here because I am such a huge, huge football fan. Super, super, super big football fan. And I had to go all out for the Wildcats. Um, and I had to wear my Buckeyes because Buckeyes are my favorite candy, right? That's why you wear these, right? Because go Wildcats while I wear my Buckeyes. 
because Buckeyes are delicious, so you have to have those at the game. And um, so I didn't get to watch the game the other day, but I was super, super wanted to go because I wanted to get courtside seats to the game, right? I wanted to get courtside seats to the football game because that's, that's where all the cool celebrities hang out, right? There at the court, court side. Yeah, and my favorite part of the game is when the waiter comes out at the very beginning and he throws the ball up in the air, the waiter guy. Yeah, I like him a lot. He comes out all in black and white. He's not serving. I don't know what he does, but he comes out, the waiter, he throws up the football at the beginning, and they have those really tall guys, and the tall guys try to hit it to the right side, right? Yeah, so that's like my favorite, favorite part of the football game is when those really tall guys come out there and hit it up into the thing. But I always try to get a seat at the midfield line, right, the midfield, because that's where all the where all the cool stuff happens, and, and when the ball goes out of bounds, that's where they do the throw-ins, right, from the midfield, right, when you're playing the football game. Yeah, because that's my favorite, favorite part of football. I'm a really, really big, super fan. So I watched at the very end of the game, I was able to, I was at the fair all week, but I was able to watch um, at the very end, and, and they, it's my favorite part of the football game. They bring out the penalty kicker guy. Yeah, they, they, they like bring him out. He's always like the little small guy. I like him a lot because he doesn't really play football, but he kicks really well. So they bring him out, and they put him out there. And, but he, he was really confused because we all know penalty kicks, low and in the corner, right, Maddie? Penalty kicks, low and in the corner. But he kicked it really high up in the air. And the waiter guy was so confused, he like threw his hands up in the air. Like this, it was very confusing. And then that must mean the game's over because everybody went crazy and started cheering. And sure enough, the Wildcats won. Um, but I don't really know how, but I'm a really big fan, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. I'm going to watch it later and see why that waiter guy was so confused because there, there were these white poles. I, it was very confusing. But I'm sure, being the big super football fan that I am, I was right right? And, and they were just, something went wrong that day. But I really, really love football, right? Do you guys love football? Yeah, none of you love football. Okay, so anyway, I bring that up because if you did like football, you might have noticed, I'm not really a super football fan. I do like football, but um, I'm not really a super fan. I do like the cats, go cats. Um, but, um, but if you listen to my story, were there some things that didn't sound like football? Yeah, there were some things that didn't sound like football because maybe I'm not the super football fan that I pretended to be, right? And the reason I bring that up here in church this morning is because there's a scripture where God sort of says, hey, I don't want you to be a pretend Christian. I don't want you to pretend to say you're going to follow me and then decide that you need to do something else more important, right? So if we're going to say we're Christians, then we have to be Christians in everything that we say and do because God can tell if you're faking, right? He can tell. Just like if you were a real football fan, you probably could tell that I was faking about being a football fan. God can tell if you're faking about being a Christian. So just coming to church isn't enough, right? And just saying you're a Christian isn't enough. The things we do in our day life, daytime life, the way we act with each other at school, the way we act with our mom and our dad, that's going to be determining if we are really living a Christian life, right? God doesn't want pretend Christians, just like 
OSU doesn't want pretend football fans, right? They really want you to really, really be a fan. And God really, really wants you to be a Christian. So how do we do that, ladies? Be a Christian. So we put God first, right? We remember it all the time. And not just when we're sitting here at church, but when we're sitting at school, when we're maybe not getting along with our brother or sister, or maybe not getting along with a friend at a game, or maybe like not listening to our parents. We have to remember that if we're going to actually be a Christian, we have to be that all the time, right? Can you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for allowing me to put you first and to remember that in order to be a Christian I have to live it every day Amen Before we get to the next reading, I have some words of inspiration. It's from the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And our next reading is from the Commonwealth English Bible, about the book of Luke, chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. You can follow along in the Bible on page 91, 791 or on the screen. And this section is about following Jesus. As Jesus and his disciples traveled along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Well, Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds in the sky have nests, but human one has no place to lay his head. Well, then Jesus said to someone else, Follow me. And he replied, Lord, First, let me go and bury my father. And then Jesus said to him, Well, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and spread the news of God's kingdom. Well, someone else said to Jesus, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say goodbye to those in my house. And Jesus said to him, No one puts a hand on the plow and looks back to fit it for God's kingdom. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today we are beginning a new sermon series based on a book entitled Not a Fan by Pastor Kyle Eidelman. For the next several weeks, we'll be asking ourselves, what does it look like to truly live as a follower of Jesus Christ? Because let me tell you, Martha hit the nail on the head sometimes Looks can be deceiving, can't they? Recently, there was a picture making its rounds on social media. I have it here for you. I'll have you take a look. Anybody recognize these two guys? The subtitle that was going around below this picture read, Can you guess which man has won two Super Bowl rings? You see, the one looks like an athlete in peak physical condition. 
The other one looks like your next door neighbor ready to hop in his minivan and run the kids to soccer. If you don't recognize them though, the one is Tim Tebow, the athletic build, great college football player, professional career didn't last very long. But the other guy, the one who looks like the soccer dad, every soccer dad in America, that is Eli Manning who led the Giants to two Super Bowl victories in his dad uniform, khaki shorts and a polo shirt. Friends, looks can be deceiving. And the same can be true of Christians. On the outside, we can look like good Christian people. We could go to church. In fact, sometimes we go to church twice. We call it Easter. Some of us even have a t-shirt with a cute saying on it, like pumpkin spice and Jesus Christ. I own the dish towel. You could get these at Gabe's if anyone else is interested. On the outside, we look like Jesus' biggest fans. But here's the thing about fans. They are really just enthusiastic admirers, according to definition. Pastor Eidelman writes, he says, think about the guy who goes to the football game, no shirt, just a painted chest. He sits in the stands, he cheers for his team. He has the signed jersey, all the bumper stickers. But he's never actually been in the game. He's never had to break a sweat. He's never actually had to take a hard hit on the field. He yells and he cheers, but nothing is really required of him. He has never had to make a sacrifice for the team. And as soon as the team starts to let him down, well, he'll just paint his chest a different color and move on to the next winning team. He is an enthusiastic admirer. He is a fan, but nothing more. And the truth is, sometimes as Christians, we are more interested in being a fan of Jesus than being a follower of Jesus. We like to sit safely in our pews, cheering when things are going well. But when this whole faith thing starts to get hard, when it requires a sacrifice, a sacrifice of our time or resources or life, well, that's when we are forced to, as Pastor Eidelman says, we are forced to DTR. Do you know what DTR stands for? If you're over 30, you have probably done this on your Facebook page at one point. Define the relationship. In real life, it's that official talk that takes place at some point in a romantic relationship where you have to determine your level of commitment. What do I call this person out in public? But as Pastor Eidelman explains, there also comes a time when we must define our relationship with Christ. Are you a fan or are you a follower? 
And there is a difference. Jesus asked his disciples in verse 20, who do you say that I am? You see, fans of Jesus, they know all about him. They can quote the scripture. They can use big words. But they don't know him. They know about him, but they don't know him. Fans of Jesus come every week. They cheer him on, but they have no interest in truly following Jesus. Fans of Jesus want to be close enough to him to get all the benefits, but not close enough for it to require anything. Friends, are you a fan or are you a follower? Now, it'd be easy to look around at the world and say, oh, compared to them, I'm a follower. I believe in Jesus. I go to church sometimes. And remember, I even have the t-shirt or the dish towel. But there is a big difference between making a decision to believe in Jesus and making a decision to follow Jesus. Eidelman makes an interesting observation. He says, if you read through the Gospels, you'll find that Jesus uses the words, believe in me, five times. But can you guess how many times he says, follow me? Over 20 times, Jesus says, follow me. Believing in Jesus is a decision that you make here. But following Jesus is a decision that we make in our hearts and with our lives. And following Jesus can turn your life upside down. Pastor Eidelman tells a story in his book. This was one of my favorites. It's about a member of his congregation who sent an email asking to be removed from the church membership list. The stated reason for leaving... I don't like the pastor's sermons. Well, that demands an explanation, Pastor Eidelman decided. So he blocked his phone number. He called the former church member. The church member answered and said, hello. Hello, this is Pastor Eidelman. I understand you're leaving the church because you don't like my sermons. Silence. Eidelman writes, I caught him off guard, just as planned. The awkward silence continued, but then finally the man started talking, rambling, really. And somewhere in the middle of his explanation was the real problem. Well, the man said, whenever I listen to your sermons, I feel like you're trying to interfere with my life. That's the problem for all of us, isn't it? Believing in Jesus is fine, but following Jesus, that interferes with my life. Following Jesus requires movement. Following Jesus requires change. Following Jesus requires repentance and surrender. It is a wholehearted commitment. 
But remember Jesus' words. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Brothers and sisters, the grace of Jesus Christ, it was never meant to be easy or cheap. The German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he preached and he wrote about costly grace, about the costly nature of following Jesus. He wrote this during the Nazi rise to power, and eventually it cost him his life. But he said cheap grace, cheap grace is preaching forgiveness without requiring repentance. It's baptism without church discipline. It's communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. It's grace without the cross. It is grace without Jesus Christ. Choosing to be a follower of Jesus and not just a fan will always come at a cost. But I think so often, we want a foot in both worlds, don't we? We want to follow Jesus, and we want to follow all the other things. We want Jesus to just squeeze in there next to all the other stuff. But he made it clear to his disciples and to the crowd and to us, he is not interested in sharing our heart. And so we have to ask ourselves, with what have we filled our hearts and our lives? Only to squeeze Jesus in as an afterthought. Our time, our energy, our resources, our love, what takes priority in these areas of our life? To what do we give our time? See, I know better than to schedule a church event during an OSU football game. But why? We say to Jesus, I'll get to you, but first. Like everyone in the scripture, but first, I need just one more hour at work. I need just one more hour on my device. I need just one more hour giving my life to something else. And so next I have to ask, to what do we give our resources and our energy? We want stuff. We want power. We want titles. We want to look good on the outside, but knowing on the inside that it all makes us feel just as empty and as hopeless as before. And in the end, it's all a question of love. Where does your love lie? Eidelman talks about a man he met while he was speaking in Texas. He writes, this man, a big man with an even bigger belt buckle, he came up to me with tears in his eyes and he began to tell me the story of his prodigal daughter. How she grew up and she turned her back on her faith. Eidelman says, I knew where he was going. I've heard this story too many times. 
But when the man finished, he didn't ask me why. Instead, he closed his eyes, he hung his head in pain, and he said, I know why. We raised her in the church, but we didn't raise her in Christ. We raised her in the church, but we didn't raise her in Christ. Do you hear what he was saying? We raised her to look good on the outside, but we didn't give her Jesus. We taught her to keep all the rules, but she never really had a relationship. Somehow in the midst of it all, we gave her all the stuff, but we forgot to fill her heart and her life with God's love and God's grace. Jesus wants all of us, our whole heart, our whole life, not just the leftovers or the nooks and crannies. So let me ask myself, and let me ask you, what do you need to let go of? Pastor Eidelman explains that repentance is the natural response. It clears out space in our hearts in order for the Spirit to fill us. And so we pray, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for not choosing you first. Clear from my heart and my life today everything that stands in the way. And secondly, let me ask, behind what am I hiding? What am I holding back? What am I disguising and hoping that no one will see? You see, Jesus never expected his followers to be perfect, but he does call us to be authentic. And so we pray, Lord, here I am, far from perfect, but I'm yours. Friends, Jesus' invitation has not changed. He still says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So we pray. Lord, shake me of my complacency. Strip me of my comforts. Scratch out my schedule. Free my heart of anything but your love and your grace. Because today, Father, right now I choose to be a follower and not just a fan. Right now, oh God, I will take up my cross and I will follow you. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
Thank you, choir, Scott and Kim. We come to this time and we pause. We pause to reflect upon the call that Christ has placed on our lives to give all of ourselves, to give all of ourselves to God and to the building of God's kingdom. This morning, as we receive our tithes and our offerings, may that be our prayer, that God will take these gifts, but most of all, that God will take us and use us as instruments of peace and love and hope in this world. I invite you to rise as you are able as we sing together the words of our doxology, hymn number 95, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow. As we move into the time of prayer, as I remind us each week, may we come with open hearts and open ears. May we come not only offering our words, our prayers to God, but listening for the voice of God to speak our names. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Mighty and gracious God, Great are you and worthy of our praise. You are our redeemer and our sustainer. And we have gathered today seeking fullness and life. Fullness and life not as the world gives, but the abundant life that comes only from you. So we draw near to you, O Lord, seeking your presence and your voice. With thankful hearts, we give our praise to you, for we know that your love and your mercy, they never fail. But too often, Lord, we spend so much of our time seeking things that promise much and give so little. And so we pray, forgive us. Forgive us, O oh God, and help us to seek fulfillment in you alone. Too often, Lord, the words we speak do not show your presence in our lives. And so we pray, forgive us. Forgive us, O oh God, and fill our hearts with your spirit. Forgive our desire for cheap grace and easy faith. Open our hearts and our lives instead to receive your forgiveness and your salvation through the grace and the mercy of your Son, Jesus Christ. 
And now, Father God, as your children, forgiven and enfolded in the grace of Jesus Christ, may you hear our prayers. Lord, we, we lift up to you with joy the announcement of Seth Banks and his wife's firstborn child. Lord, we thank you for this gift of life that they are celebrating. And Lord, we pray that your spirit will be upon them as they begin this new journey. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up to you also, O oh God, Noah Walter and his family as they mourn the loss of his father this past week. Lord, we pray that you will wrap your loving arms around Noah, around his family, all those who are grieving. In the midst of their pain, may you give them peace and strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Jean and Laura Smith as they are both dealing with health issues. We pray, Lord, for your spirit to fill them and give them strength. May our prayers uplift them, and may they feel the warmth of your embrace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also lift up Rob McCurdy, Nancy Fleming, Jay and Linda Epley, Gary Clausen. Father, we pray that your spirit will be at work bringing strength, healing, and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And we also come into this moment, a moment of silence, bringing to you, O oh Lord, our unspoken prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. God, as we leave this time and place, may your spirit pour over us like water to the thirsty. May our hearts overflow with love and grace. And may we offer our very lives not as enthusiastic admirers, but as fully surrendered and committed disciples of Jesus Christ. For today, at this very moment, O oh God, we take up your cross and we will follow you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as children of God, 
as those who are choosing to take up our cross daily and to follow. May we stand and may we sing together with joy and with surrender. Our final song, number 581, Lord, whose love through humble service. Please rise as you are able. may we go forth today seeking always to follow Christ, to give him our very lives, for in giving away our lives we gain them, and in dying we find life. Amen. <laughs>